the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I will be your host for today's nonprofit MBA podcast. If uh, some of you don't know me, I am the co-founder of Financing Solutions, which over the last 12 years is the leading provider in the United States of lines of credit for small nonprofits. If you're interested in learning more about our line of credit program, you can also get a free quote to see how much you qualify for. Please uh, go to nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Uh, to, and today, uh, like we have have had in the past couple of podcasts, we have a sponsor. It's Arrays, A-R-A-I-Z-E, Fast Fund Online. They are accounting software that's specifically built for small to medium-sized nonprofits. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer in having software that is specifically built for an industry. So like if you're using QuickBooks or if you're using some other accounting software, uh, that's not made for the nonprofit sector. I would recommend you take a look at Arrays. Uh, again, you can visit their website at arrays.com, A-R-A-I-Z-E.com, or you can call Joe and uh, at 866-840-7449 and tell them that you heard about us on the Nonprofit MBA podcast. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good, uh, in 2009, visionary Mandy Pierce founded her flagship company, Funding for Good, to equip organizations with all the skills and tools needed to become successful and sustainable. She continues to enjoy evolving this company to meet the changing demands of the nonprofit world. For over two decades, Mandy and her team of experts have shared their proficiency in fundraising through executive coaching, strategic and development planning, seminars, and specialized consulting programs. Manny's dynamic teaching style has brought thousands of people to her presentations at conventions, training, workshops, and online platforms. Manny, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. So today's topic is nonprofit strategic planning, setting your organizations up for skills, uh, for success, excuse me. Um, you know, I've run companies for 30 years and I am more and more convinced that the key to success and the key to sustainability is strategic planning. Do you think that nonprofits do a good job of strategic planning? Historically, they don't do strategic planning. Um, it's something that has come about. There's always been strategic planning, but more and more organizations are looking at building capacity and creating sustainability. And informed funders, whether it's a foundation or an individual donor or a private corporation, they are looking for a return on their investment. And one of the ways they're doing that is asking for what is your business plan? which is a strategic plan in the nonprofit world. What are, what are you doing? Where are you right now? And how are you going to get to this place you want to be? And for the organizations that are able to produce that and say, we've come together, we've built consensus as an organization. Typically that's with staff and board and stakeholders and said, this is what we want to do. And this is how we're agreeing we're going to do it. And we're taking the steps to make it happen. They are creating sustainability and, um, 
studies show that they are more successful. I can't remember the exact statistics off the top of my head, but they are are significantly more successful than nonprofit organizations that don't have a strategic plan under their belt. At, at what point do you think in revenue does a nonprofit have to have a strategic plan? I mean, I know you're going to say, oh, you should have it right from the very beginning, which is, of course, they should, right? But it, but I think we all know the reality of the situation is that you, you have a nonprofit that begins they don't start their strategic plan unless they unless the executive director or somebody at the, on the board is very experienced and says we have to have a strategic plan, right? But the majority of the nonprofits when they start, they don't have a strategic plan, and then they have a, 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 a I don't want to say come to Jesus, which I just did, but then they have a you know <laughs> I agree with that, actually. oh my god I need to have this. When does it happen? Typically, it happens either when they're in crisis or when they, like you said, have that experienced person on the board or they get an executive director who's quite honestly come from the business world. Um, Our motto here is nonprofit is your tax status. It shouldn't be your business model. And so I am very much not the consultant that's going to be like, oh, let's, let's work with your shoestring budget. Let's see what everything we can get for free. I mean... Most of the organizations that I work with, we get that mindset shift if they haven't already gotten there. That is your business. You have to run like a business. You have to say, what do you want to do and how do you want to get there? And it can't always be somebody's going to give us something for free because we're a nonprofit and it shouldn't be that. So unfortunately, it really is usually when there is a crisis or the right person or the right combination of people end up on the board and staff And then they're like, we really need a plan. We really need to know how are we going to be successful? Or maybe they get a large donation that's unexpected. And they're like, "Uh, we don't know what to do with this money. How do we invest it? Where do we invest it? Do we expand our programs? Do we hire more staff? Do we build a building? Like there's all those big questions. And then they're like, maybe we need a plan. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen at the beginning. Most of the time it doesn't. You think in your experience, what was the largest... Well, let me take a step back before I go there. Is it because the executive director thinks that they have it all in their head? That they don't have a strategic plan? No. No. Why? It's usually because there is either um, a board of directors that's running an organization because they haven't hired their first staff yet. And there's still just that, you know, like what foundational things do we need to be doing? And the strategic plan doesn't always float to the top of those. They're just trying to run day-to-day operations and serve people. And it's just sort of crisis management all the time. Or possibly there are executive directors who are hired that may or may not, one of two things, they either know it needs to happen, but they don't have the resources to make it happen. They're just putting out fires all the time, which is very common in the nonprofit world. Or it's someone who has a passion for the work, but really doesn't have the business management experience that some nonprofit directors have. And they're just learning, you know, you don't know what you don't know till you're there. And as they learn, they're like, Oh, really want to do this thing, but I have to figure out how to get the resources. I have to figure out how to get the people in place, the money to do it, the, the commitment from my board to make it happen. And so a lot of times people are very well intentioned and want to do it. It's just getting all the pieces to fall into place to make it happen. So, Although I'm heavily involved, I mean, I'm sorry, I am on two boards, but my last 30 years, I've basically built companies. That's what I do. Um, if I were to say to you, 
what percentage of businesses under $10 million in revenue, for-profit businesses, have a strategic plan? Let's just keep it simpler. Let's say $5 million in revenue. For-profit businesses? For-profit businesses under $5 million in revenue uh, have a strategic plan. And I, I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business owners, thousands and thousands, okay? What percentage do you think have a strategic plan? I think it's small. And here's how I caveat that. One, I think the people who have a written strategic plan is very small. I think the people who have a plan in their head or something sketched out on a notepad that says, this is what I'm going to do this year to bring in this much revenue and they break it out by quarter and that kind of thing is large. So I fall into that second category. I don't have a strategic plan, but I know exactly how I'm going to bring in my revenue, how I'm going to grow my business. And I evaluate it every single month and I alter it and I change it as it needs to change and I update it and I'm always on the phone with my accountant and and I'm a small business under $5 million. Um, but I also know people who have large companies that don't have that kind of business plan. So do I think large companies with stakeholders who don't have a business plan are that successful? No, I think if you go and you look at large companies who have stakeholders and they're invested, there's a plan in place. They know what they're doing. They know how they're getting to the next step. They have it written out and they have people to manage it. So I would tell you 99% of the companies that I have met that are under $5 million in size do not have a strategic plan. Okay. Business and by the way, their strategic plan and what, also what you're talking about is goals. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're completely yeah. different. Okay. Strategic plan is five, 10, 15, 20 years. It also involves lots of other parts, moving parts, I think, you know, the culture of the organization, the, the uh, uh, long-term planning, how you're going to get there, all this other stuff, right? Now you're talking so, about strategic planning in a for-profit business, which is business planning. Yes, the same thing. But no, uh, well, strategic planning in the nonprofit world is not 15, 20 year plans. It's three to five year plans. Yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Yeah. I, I think the point now, now, now I would say under 10 million in size, you know, between, you know, I would say it's 98% don't have it. <laughs> so yeah. it's really shocking to me. I've always had a strategic plan. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm just that type of person. But, and one of the reasons why um, I think it's so important is I, you know, listen, it's about reducing risk. And to me, if you have a strategic plan, you, it's proven that those companies are more successful than ones who do not. So when you're, I, I really buy into this idea of high probability, putting yourself in a position where you're reducing the, the risks factors so that you can be successful. And if you reduce enough of the risk factors, then you have a better chance. If you have, if you have, if you, if you, if you play blackjack, right. And you have uh, two high cards showing a king and a queen, right. And you want to get, you know, to 21, <laughs> it's, you're gonna, you have a pretty good chance. That's a score of 20, right. You, you stick, you know, but if you have a two and a three, it, it, the risk is higher. So why not have a strategic plan to reduce, you know, the, the, uh, it's already proven. So why not have a strategic plan? So well, well, and the other thing that it does in nonprofits specifically, and here's the difference in for profits, stakeholders and board members don't necessarily change very often. Yeah. Right? 
In nonprofits, they change regularly and they're supposed to change regularly. So the problem in nonprofits, and people hear me say this all the time, is it's not the most amazing business model in this particular aspect. You're supposed to have community representation for your organization. Communities change. They want board members to change. I get it. You want to have constant training and leadership that people can take over if need be. I get that too. But it's hard to build consensus on a plan when the people who are approving the plan constantly change. So the beauty of a strategic plan is you build consensus with the staff and board. And then that is the, um, that's the tool for the executive director to go and say, whenever a board member comes and says, oh, I have this great idea. Ooh, let's do this thing. Oh, how about we partner with them? If it doesn't align with the strategic plan, it's an easy, hey, that's a great idea. Let's, let's have that conversation at the next strategic planning process. Whereas if you don't have that plan in place, it's really hard to tell a board member no, because the board is your boss as the executive director. So it's really a tool. One, it's a roadmap for everybody to be on the same page. And when a board member leaves, new board member comes on, they see the plan, they see where we are and where we're going and how we're getting there. And then every group of board members can be involved in the review and the updates of that plan annually until you create a new one. But it gives your executive director a, a really firm hold in what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. So they don't constantly have to get permission from their bosses to change stuff and they can tell their bosses no. So that's really one of the most important pieces for strategic planning and nonprofits, because without it, people just go around changing their minds about what they're going to do all the time. I see it happen every single day. Yeah. I think it, um, I think what I see is the more successful the organization is, the more they say no than yes. I agree. Right. With that. And I think the strategic plan really has a big impact on that. You know, people will say, you know, that's really that's a good idea, but it's not in our strategic plan. We're here to do this. And that's yes. kind of way out there. And the more times you say no, the more successful I think an organization is at their mission. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. Oh, saying no to one thing allows you to say yes to something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't see it that way. So have you found a good template or a good um, any? software or template that really helps people build good strategic plans for nonprofits? So we created our own template. There you we, go. Uh, it's good leading model. question. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, we don't sell it, but it's part of our strategic planning process. We work with clients. So they get their plan in our template and then they get all of the template pieces so they can continue editing and revising it through the year. Um, we use a method called the top method It's the technology of participation. And it's an evidence-based facilitation model that we work with. We do it with conflict resolution. We do it with board, uh, you know, board retreats. We do it for strategic planning retreats and it has been wildly successful with our clients. And, um, it took us about two years to get our template the way we wanted it. So where it's a editable, easy to read, easy to share all those things. Um, and to be a hundred percent honest, I don't really spend a lot of time out there looking at other people's stuff. So I'm sure there are some out there, but I don't, um, I don't know of one that works with our model. So that's why we created one. Yeah. So give me a checklist of, or highlights of what you think makes uh, a good strategic plan. Um, so without getting into like the whole written document, I think we have three big pieces that we work with clients on. One is a current mission and vision. You know, is your mission what you're doing right now? Is your vision accurate? And let's get it wordsmith because, you know, some people are back from 10 or 15 years ago where mission statements were two paragraphs long and that's not the case anymore. So we work on mission envisioning and make sure everybody's on the same page with what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. Then we work with board staff and stakeholders together to go through what we call as a SWATA 
analysis. I'm sure you've heard of a SWOT analysis. So we do the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and then we also add in achievements because nobody ever wants to end on that threat. So it's a super negative conversation to end on. And we, we get everybody talking about that. And that's a separate session. And then we work on stakeholder feedback for the clients that need it, talking about, you know, what does the community want from you, need from you, all that stuff. Then once we have all of that together, we get together for their in-person two-day retreat to put all the pieces together of the big three questions. Where are you now? Where do you want to be in three years? And what is the process to get there? Our strategic plan covers three years of what you're going to do, one year breakdown of how you're going to do it broken into quarters. We create implementation plans, assign everything from who's going to do it to the timeline that goes with each plan. And um, that's where we start with our strategic plan. And we share with clients how to review it quarterly, update it, meet with them after a year, update for the second year, and then do all that through year three and then start over. When, when you've been with an organization that's never had a strategic plan and then they do that whole process, what have you noticed about them? How do they change? Um, I think the biggest two things are, one, they learn how to run meetings more efficiently because the process we use is very um, time specific and you ask questions in such a specific way and give people specific amounts of times and ways to answer the questions that it allows everyone to participate regardless of their um, communication style. And it gets everybody's voice on the board in a quick period of time. You can get feedback from 20 people in 10 minutes and get a hundred ideas on the board and then sort them and organize them and get them into really usable data in 30 minutes. And most processes don't uh, allow for that. So they get better meeting skills and they get better communication skills because they're given very specific instructions for things like, here's your question. I need you to answer it in seven words or less using this format. And you have to write it on a piece of paper, take it up to the top of the room. And so it really allows people to, if you're an introvert, you have some time to cultivate those things and write them on paper. If you're an extrovert, you do have time to communicate with group work and, um, everybody has an equal opportunity to participate. So I think it's scary initially for some people because they're like, I hate group work. And then they realize, oh, I can actually do a lot of this by myself. And other people are like, but I don't think my voice is going to be heard. And then they realize everybody's ideas shows up on the board. So really it's about communication and, and meeting skills. Huh. And, and your advice to people to stay on track, because is, you know, you shouldn't be doing a strategic plan if it's going to stay up on a shelf, right? It should be a, a working document, right? Exactly. What do you tell your your clients about how to integrate their strategic plan into their daily work or their, you know, in, into make it make make it workable? So we uh, one of the ways that happens with our plan is that we are creating the one year action plan with quarterly implementation plans. So they know exactly what they have to do, who has to do it and, and what the process is going to be before they leave us. It's not like most strategic planning processes will get you through the plan, but they don't tell you how to do the work. There's no implementation planning that happens during the process, which is frustrating. And those are the ones that end up on shelves. And we also do quarterly check ins with our clients to say, how are you on these first quarter tasks? What has been accomplished? What hasn't been? What needs to get moved to the second quarter? Have you worked into the second quarter and now you've accomplished some of that stuff? So accountability is very important. And if you don't have someone in house that can do it for you, you need to make sure that you're working with a company who will help facilitate that for you. 
Um, it's like going to the gym. Some people have to have a, a coach. You buy a gym membership, but if you're not going to make yourself go without a coach being there to wait to train you, then that's what you need to be successful. We have some clients who are super successful managing their quarterly check-ins and they check in with us at the end of every year. We have other clients who are like, we absolutely need quarterly check-ins. So that's kind of depends on the personality of the folks who are, who are managing the process. What, what do you, what do you think? Well, what comes first in a strategic plan? Is it the vision uh, part of it? Is that what comes first typically? We do visioning and missioning sessions. Um, it, you know, sometimes, yeah, we usually do the SWOTA analysis first and then we do mission and visioning sessions. Once you've agreed on all the real, your current realities, you know, like what is our current strengths? What are our current weaknesses? Da, 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 da. Then we can say, okay, where are we with our mission and vision? Is it the same as it was 10 years ago? Should it be the same? Has it, does it need to be updated? And uh, then after that, we do um, the stakeholder feedback. So what what are the parts of the strategic plan that your organization uses? Uh, first one, the first part is, for example, vision, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And then, so how do, how does each part flow? Oh my God, I'd have to look at my document to be able to remember everything exactly in order. Oh, it's not, much, it's not much stuff, huh? Yeah. So we go through all the things that we did, the pre-work. So you'll have your mission, your vision, your 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 SWOTA analysis, your stakeholder feedback. We'll have, we go through in person um, barriers, like what are the barriers to what we need to go? So you have to acknowledge that stuff in order to figure out how sure. to overcome it. What are our current opportunities? So we have barriers and opportunities as a session during our planning process. And then we kind of go into um, one of the sessions that comes out of the consensus building process is what are your strategic directions? So really it's coming up with all the things you want to do, categorizing them and saying, oh, this, all these things fit into one strategic direction, whether it's leadership development or um, program capacity building or like whatever, everybody's got different strategic directions. Usually those break down into three or four strategic directions And under each of those are very specific goals that are going to happen by year three. We break those down to say, what of those are going to happen by year one? And then how are we going to get there? So it's looking at the end goal, breaking it down to the first year. What should you be having accomplished? And then we take those one year accomplishments and break them down into how are we going to make that happen? And all that shows up in the plan from timelines to actual implementation plans that are all charted out in the document. What has surprised you when you go into all the meetings that you've gone into and we are strategic planning the whole process about the biggest change in an organization? At what point do you see an organization change because of the work that they've done with you? Like, what is it? I think the biggest thing for me is um, two things. One, a lot of times new board members don't know what they should be doing at all and don't know what the organization wants to accomplish. So having a plan in place where they can say, Ooh, I want to participate in that. Oh God, I'd love to do that thing. Gives them a sense of purpose and lets them know they are going to create impact with the organization as a board member or a staff member. And two, as a staff person, I think it is amazingly rewarding to sit down and say, what do we have to do? How are we going to get there? And to have a roadmap in front of you to say, Oh my God, I can totally do this. And to know that you have a plan in place. I think it's very frustrating to go in the nonprofits and say, we're just putting out fires from day to day. And we don't really know what the end goal is, or we don't know what the impact we're creating. And we can't really express that to anybody verbally. 
Um, so this plan gives all those pieces to everybody involved and you can break it down and share it with the community. You can take pieces out and share it with the staff. Um, you know, the, the overall plan is an internal document, but we encourage a condensed version to share with the public and, uh, and potentially stakeholders and funders. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking with the, the boards I'm involved with, but the, the one more I'm, I'm with, it's, they're very, 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 very small. And I, when I came on board with them last year, I said, we, you know, we got to do a strategic plan, you know, and I made them do a strategic plan and we worked on it and stuff like that. Um, and now, you know, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that just dawned on me is I need to go back to them in our next meeting and say, okay, you know, what have we accomplished in regards to a strategic plan? Yeah. Like we, we had it out a year ago. Okay. And before we start, you know, we had our last meeting for a strategic plan. Um, and it was, she was smart in that she, the, a, a month before our meeting, she said, our executive director said, um, tell me what you wish would happen in, you know, 2023. And I thought that was a good idea. And board members came back. We have a small board. And everybody came back with what they thought was a good idea. And then she came back and she said, this is okay. Out of, unfortunately, she tries to take on too much. That right? happens a lot. Yeah. The whole time. And I have to remind her, like she had this huge plan and I was like, okay. And she's pregnant, you know? So I was like, you're never going to get this done. You know, you got to slim it down. Give me two things that you want to get done this year, you know? And, um, so I, I think sometimes when you're looking at the strategic plan, I think it's important to say, okay, what are what have we accomplished against our strategic plan instead of adding Absolutely. more to it, right? So that's what one of the things we encourage is uh, we have a lot of templates on our website. We have like 50 free templates and then a couple of paid templates. But one of the things we're always in, asked about is an executive director's report. You know, every board wants to see reports from their executive director, but what do you put in it? Because some people, it's overkill. Like they put every, like I had 25 calls this week and da, 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 da. Nobody needs that stuff. Um, and so one of the things we encourage organizations to do is make sure that what you're reporting aligns with the goals in your strategic plan. Like tell your board where you are in relation to accomplishing things because they've done some of the work, you've done some of the work, your staff has done some of the work. And so that always keeps your strategic plan current and relevant. Where are we on this thing that we said was super important for us to accomplish in the next 12 months? Yeah. And so that's that's one good way to, to sort of make sure that that document stays active and that you're working towards accomplishing those goals. I mean, one of the things I would say is I, I, what I love doing is like every Friday at, at, after lunch, I go to a coffee shop for an hour and I, be, I bring my strategic plan with me and I look at it and I, you know, I kind of update it. I, I kind of say, you know, this is where we are. We're on track here. You know, there's, there's a lot. I'm a firm believer in, you know, I'm a firm believer in templates that other people have created. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a firm believer in con, uh, not just using one person's methodology that sometimes using, uh, combining other people's and, and streamlining. So mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an example. I, I believe in a, uh, a working strategic plan. Um, I, so I always keep my strategic plan to one page. And now that, believe me, I use very small type on <laughs> that one page. But that strategic plan has, has a lot of variety of things that I've seen other people use 
that I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea, you know? And mm-hmm. then I'll add it. And sometimes I'll take things off because I think it's it's outgrown its use. Yeah. So I, my, my key, what I'm trying to say is going to a coffee shop or, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, closing your door and just looking at your strategic plan on a really consistent basis, I find it very gratifying because I it helps me stay on track. I know where I'm going. I'm not getting get I'm not getting um, distracted. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, once you come up with the idea of what you're going to do for a nonprofit for your organization, the 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 sexiness of having the nonprofit moves to a new uh, area to me, and that is execution. Yeah. You know, uh, what, would you agree with that? Yeah, and that's where we do implementation planning and review and say, but, you know, and so again, to your point just now where you said you take some stuff off your plan, that's part of the review process, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're sitting down and you have a review, we have a client who created a three-year plan, and part of their plan initially was they thought they were going to be doing a capital campaign to build a facility year two of the plan, an unexpected community foundation, um, large family foundation approached them and said, Hey, we have this property with an amazing facility on it. We'd like to donate to you. Unexpected. Okay. That changed their whole plan for the next two years. Cause now they don't have to do a capital campaign. Now it's completely different conversations, right? Well, if there wasn't a, a process to go in and be like, hey, let's edit some stuff. This is, doesn't need to happen anymore. What are we going to do instead? Let's review this and that. Then I, strategic planning wouldn't be very useful, I don't think. Um, and, you know, I know we're here talking about nonprofits, but the other thing that Funding for Good does is we work with nonprofit consultants to start and grow their businesses. And so then we're talking about the for-profit side of things. And we do planning with them, too. It's usually on a one-year basis. But we talk about where do you want to be in your business and how are you going to get there and what all are you going to put into place this year to make that happen? And it's a similar conversation, but I find it a little bit harder to do three-year planning with business owners, um, small business owners. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. You have to edit stuff constantly and it's okay to take stuff out of a plan. Sometimes it should be necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also about taking things out of a plan where – like adding things. I'm trying to think of one of the things I, I added. Um, like I added, um, what, what was our, what's the culture? It's minor, but it's, what's the culture of our company? You know, mm-hmm. you know, I added that from some, some other things. I'm, I'm not hitting it right on the head, but you know, and <laughs> there's certain things that I'll just really, you know, uh, like I'll have a one year mission versus a five year mission, which is, you know, where's a 20 year mission. So, you know, there's, it's, that's no big deal. Anyway. Um, we have a couple of minutes left. Tell us your, you know, what you would like your, our listeners to take away from the topic, which is uh, strategic planning. I would encourage people that haven't ever started a strategic plan to at least explore the options. We have a bazillion resources on our website from blogs to templates to videos on our YouTube channel that are all free. So I would encourage you to educate yourself a little bit to determine should we be there? Can we be there? How do we get there? Um, so your organization can build its capacity and, and really ensure sustainability going forward. So you can be more attractive to donors. So you can create greater impact in your communities. And for those of you who are already participating in the strategic planning process, whether you're in the middle of one or you're ending one, if you feel like you need support with that, or you want 
an outside neutral third party is the way I usually like to put it. It's kind of hard to be an active participant when you are the staff or you are the board. It's really hard to be actively participating when you're facilitating. So if you guys need support with that, you know, we'd love to talk with you about whether or not we might be a good fit for your culture. Yeah, I'll echo that. I think, I think bringing in somebody from the outside, it's amazing how better the work is when you bring somebody in from the outside to help you. They just, you know, the thing that's often overlooked with this, use that term consultant, uh, uh, is that they, they are bringing you the knowledge that they have experienced from all of these other organizations and they're bringing that to you. And, and that is really valuable. You know, they've seen it before <laughs> running yeah. a nonprofit, you know, in Idaho isn't significantly different than running it in New Jersey and running it to help kids, um, get a good quality education isn't significantly different than helping um, people who are um, struggling to get over a drug addiction. It's, you know, running a nonprofit organization comes down to a lot of the similar things. And I think, you know, someone like Mandy and her organization can come in and say, oh yeah, I've seen this over here. I've seen that over there, you know, and really ask you the great questions to help you narrow your topic down. You get, you get the work done so much quicker and better. Don't you, don't you think? I do. And the thing that I would tell anybody, regardless of what you're looking for, um, is this about facilitation. When you have someone coming in to facilitate a strategic planning process, they are not coming in to be an expert in your field. Yep. They are coming in and you, it's your job to have the experts in the room, whether that's your board, your staff, your stakeholders from the community, to answer the big questions. They are there to help facilitate the conversation to make sure the process goes smoothly, to make sure the right questions are asked and answered and that it stays on track and that it is completed. They are not there to answer the questions for you. That is a huge misnomer that people have all the time, but you've never done this specific thing. I'm like, yeah, but that's not really, that's not the purpose of a facilitator. Now, yes, we often take our hats off and say, okay, give us a second. We're going to tell you we had a similar experience with a client, blah, 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 blah. But that is not the point in hiring a facilitator. So just keep that in mind. We actually have a couple articles about questions to consider when you hire a facilitator and um, just know they don't have to be an expert with in-depth knowledge of your specific field. Yep. Good. Good way to end it. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank so very much Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast or any of the other podcasts that we've done in the past, uh, please share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you and also if you you know liked today's podcast as well or any other ones, please give us a five star review. It really helps us get the word out. I mean, the nonprofit MBA podcast is right now in the top one percent of podcasts that are uh, out there, and we're really proud of that. Um, and if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com or call us at 862-207-4118. Uh, Mandy, if anyone needs to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Mandy at fundingforgood.org, or you can go to the website, fundingforgood.org. Very good. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. 
So uh, I want to thank our listeners. Uh, you guys are out there every single day making the world a better place. I thank you for that. I know Mandy and I are trying to do our part, but you guys are out there in the front lines, and I thank you for that. I just want to remind you, though, you're not good to your family, your employees, your friends, anybody, if you don't take good care of yourself first. So make sure you do take care of yourself first. Every day you should be thinking, what am I going to do to take care of myself today? Because you're helping everybody else take care of yourself first. Then you can help everybody else. So everybody have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast.